0: Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.
1: That's Joe Shasky. I'm Mark Willard. This is Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Make sure you are subscribed. Share with your friends, your family. Rate, review. We thank you so much for listening. Couple more things here. Uh, we want to do an ep- or, uh, another version of three up, three down. Check yes. in on who is really get our attention on the way up. Who's kind of got our attention on the way down as well. Get to that in a moment. But let's also do Willie Mac Award Watch as we start to approach the halfway
0: point of the season, who do you got? Well, look, I think the obvious one for most people is going to be Jack Peterson, who we just talked about. But let me give you a couple of names. I'm going to start off with Tyro Estrada. I know people are driven nuts by some of the defensive plays. He, he boots that ball yesterday, and then makes two ridiculous plays back-to-back, it seems like, uh, in the following innings and, and right after that play. I love what Tyro Estrada has done. He's played the most games for the San Francisco Giants. He's hitting for average on this team and just looking across the league. He seems to always get on base. He's one of the few guys that can go first to third. And I know the defensive metrics don't favor him. He does make plays. And he's one of the few guys that can not only play second, but can play a little shortstop. So I think he's been so under the radar. And with La Stella, it feels like that Achilles is just hanging by a thread. It feels like Estrada took the job and kind of has a stranglehold on it. And I'm really excited for him. One of the fun things
1: about the Willie Mack Award is that we never know exactly what's going on inside the clubhouse. Like, we don't know uh, who is really – Kind of gathering everybody who's inspiring. Uh, their teammate I mean were you a little surprised last year when all of a sudden it was like Lamont Wade Lamont Wade is the Willie Mack Award winner we didn't even know who he
0: was uh, <laughs> he said, you know, yes. when,
1: when, when the season started it,
0: Mark I was sad they got rid of Thor Sean Anderson I was like I kind of liked him you know yeah. I thought maybe he could be something down the line you know what I mean like that's I had no idea who Lamont Wade was and then yeah not only is he the clutchest guy out there he's the guy that you're giving the Willie Mack Award to but it goes to tell you his impact
1: yeah absolutely Absolutely. So I, uh, w- that said, not knowing yeah. who's really, all I can do is sort of look from afar and tell you who sounds to me like a big time leader. And I'm so fascinated by the transition because he seemed to go from like wide eyed, young, new guy in the bigs to all of a sudden a complete stud, an ace and a guy who really strikes a leadership tone when he talks after games. And I'm talking about Logan Webb. Oh, I, I I wonder, I wonder if not only because of the bulldog nature of the way he handled the playoffs last year, going out there now as a lead number one pitcher doing very well with it, but also take a look at the way he sort of handles the media after Um, he's an all team guy. Um, very honest, not afraid to, you know, put his true thoughts Mm -hmm. out there. Uh, you know, he, a couple weeks ago, not happy with being taken out of the game by Gabe Kapler and, and he let it be known on the field and he let it be known in the clubhouse. And then the very following week, he's like, we're all good here. Everything's fine, but you know, I'm going to keep it real. I think that other players respond to stuff like that i think they respect his game i think they respect his
0: attitude i wonder if he might not be on the short list you know for a guy who played high school quarterback he gives me a lot of quarterbackian and vibes yes in terms of leadership and and the presence and the moxie behind the microphone like yeah you're 100 correct on that it's a really interesting one i thought you were going to go Luis gonzalez here one last thing on logan webb When you're rolling and everything's coming out flamethrower and and you got all the spin on and and grip on every single pitch, like – a lot of guys can look really good. What's impressed me the most is that he has won in a variety of ways this year. He's looked electric. He's won with his B stuff. He's won when he hasn't had but only one pitch or maybe only two pitches on a given night. He's won in a variety of ways with big leads, with no lead from behind. I've, I've learned a lot about his makeup and his moxie this year, and I am very convinced he's a 10-year starter. Like, that's what he is.
1: Let's take that, in fact, right into three up, three down. I'm going to throw three players at you that I really love the way they're heading, and then three players that are heading the other direction. Uh, You tell me if they're in the right spot. Okay, And and that leads into this because my first one is Logan Webb. Um, He, along with Rodon, uh, these guys have pitched very, very well in the month of June. His ERA over the last couple of weeks is under 1.3. And I know we don't look at ERA all that much anymore, but he does have it down to about three and a quarter. So it's about 3.26. He's six and two. I just think he looks the part and it's very, very different when you look the part when no one saw it coming versus when they did see it coming. Like this year, Logan had expectations hung around his neck and he's meeting him. He's pitching like that ace. I love what he's doing. He's my number one
0: for three up. Wouldn't you agree? He's not just throwing. He's pitching. Yeah. And I there's a big difference. I know that we kind of like Greg Maddox was a pitcher. You know what I mean? Like Randy Johnson's just up there blowing cheddar. He's throwing, you know, that's the way I look at Logan Webb. He hits locations and spots. And one thing that I love about him is that if he does get squared up, He'll go another inning or two before someone else squares him up. He finds a way to adjust to whatever the settings are. Um, I will say this. The encouraging thing for him, I don't think he's even close to reaching his apex as a player like a lot of young guys come up and they flamethrow and like you've kind of seen the best of them in the first year or two. And then it gets kind of a little bit worse and worse to me. I think that there's so much more to his game that we haven't even seen yet. Like I think he's going to develop four full pitches and maybe a fifth one eventually. Last three
1: starts, three earned runs in 19 and two-thirds innings, uh, back-to-back outings where he has finished the seventh inning, uh, one of them against an elite club, yeah. the Atlanta Braves, to start off win. this series, even though it was a game they lost two to one. He got speaking, caned. What's that? He got caned. I yeah, mean, it was the, it was a well,
0: prototype cane speaking, outing.
1: Speaking of which, the two games that have been lost in Atlanta – have both been pitched by the Giants, two best starters, and they were both absolutely at their absolute best and lost anyway. But that is my second guy on three up. And that is Carlos Rodon. Um, I think that, you know, coming out of April, he was so good, but you had to have some concerns in May because what you're seeing is, okay, this is a guy who switched leagues. This is a players who have not seen him very much before in their career, if at all. And, Uh, It's also early in the season with a guy who's had arm trouble in the past. So maybe he's just pumping cheddar at the beginning of the year and he's going to fall off. And so when you see him go into his second month and it's not very good, he doesn't look the same. You're thinking, oh man, is this the real Rodon? What a settling thing to have him come out in month three and look exactly like he did back in month one. He has been absolutely dominant. He and Webb, if the Giants can get to the dance – I, I mean, that's as formidable of a one-two punch as uh, as anyone outside of, let's see if the Mets get healthy. Yeah. That's as, as formidable of a one-two punch as anybody else is going to throw at them in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, the, the two things for me that's really encouraging with Rodon – The miles per hour is up. Not that that's everything, but the spin rate is up on the fastball. The miles per hour is up on it big time from from May to June. And then the other thing, the swing and misses on a lot of different pitches, not just the fastball, but on the breaking stuff is up, up, up. I mean, the 10 strikeouts tonight, monster. But guys were just putting the bat on the ball, fouling it off, squaring it up, whatever you want to say in May. All of the stuff, swing and miss stuff you saw in April is now back in June. And I, I feel really good about where he's at. I'm not going to lie. I was worried about him coming out of May. I mean, Mark, yeah. I really was. I was, I was really worried that 98 mile fastball getting down to 94, 95. I'm thinking, Oh boy, this is what the white Sox fans were telling us when it comes to the shoulder and monitoring the innings, but to see him back, I think as the weather heats up too, he seems to be a guy that kind of likes to sweat it up a little.
1: Yeah, no doubt. He's a guy we know. He runs hot. He runs yes. on emotion. And so uh, so this has been, you know, these big-time games against the Dodgers yeah. and the Braves. You can tell it's bringing out the best in him. Uh, third guy for three up is someone we discussed already a little bit in Jock Peterson. Mm. Uh, 13 for 51 in the month of June. He's got his average overall up to 266. Fifteen home runs, as you said. You said he's on pace for thirty. He's on pace north of that. Fifteen home runs right now. And where are we at? Sixty-eight games. Um, his OPS is almost nine hundred. That's the phrase that pays, man. You've that's the number that everyone in, in baseball is looking at right now. If your OPS is north of eight hundred, you're fantastic. If you're dancing in the area of nine hundred, uh, you're an elite baseball player. I, you know, I know that. Again, when you're one year, six million dollar kind of afterthought and you're a platoon player, if you will, people aren't going to put that on you. But eight ninety seven OPS. Talk about Jock for a little bit and then I'm going to give you some names that are alongside him at eight ninety seven OPS.
0: Yeah, I would love to hear that. Here's the thing about Jock that I noticed, especially last night's game he gets yanked out for a pinch runner and then takes the helmet off in the dugout. Not sulking, not sad, not stoic or quiet. He's high fiving everybody. And he's super happy. And he totally understands his role. How many guys on a one year deal trying to prove that they're worth big money are, are happy to get taken out of the game because they know, yeah, you know, base running is probably not my thing, but I'm on base and I want to win this game. Like that to me, forget all the OPS. Cause those numbers are incredible. And the home runs and, and we've talked about the clutch factor feels like every one of his hits the other day. OK, they're shifting him dramatically. He takes a little off and does like this little butcher boy hack down the baseline, uh, down the third baseline and gets on base. I, for me, I feel like I just love everything about this dude. And he has totally bought into not just Gabe and and the Giants team, but Farhan and his way. And he just feels so comfortable like that's the biggest thing for me. Well,
1: Jock, right now, because of the platoon nature, is just barely shy on enough at bats to qualify for the official OPS list in Major League Baseball. This is all the majors, not just National League. But I guess with with a few more at bats, well, tell me where. Yeah, tell me where you think he would place as far as a number.
0: I think he's like probably in the top fifteen. That's exactly right. He
1: would be ele- he would be twelfth wow. in all of Major League Baseball for OPS, just ahead of Wilson Contreras, wow. just behind CJ Crone, just behind Pete Alonzo. This That's is totally the kind bad. of production you're wow. seeing from Jock Peterson.
0: Wow. He's been unbelievable this year. And, you know, to see him hit a Jack against the Atlanta Braves, that was pretty cool, especially bringing out the pearls and having the whole necklace. Like, it's always something with him. It's the hair. It's the fantasy football gambling. It's the pearls. It's the way he's wearing his pants. It's the glove. Like, that's the one thing that I really do appreciate about him. People say, oh, the game's boring. Not Jock Peterson. No. Every at bat is must see. The way I was hey. must see on Johnny Quato at bats, that's how I am on Jock Peterson. You talk about his
1: play and then add in the Tommy Fam thing. Jock oh, Peterson John. has been, uh, on, to man. borrow from Dos Equis, he's been the most interesting baseball player in the world this year. And it is
0: not close. He's been great. Okay, And, and I was worried when he got the calf injury yeah. that we maybe had seen the best of him. He's bounced back big time. No doubt. All right. Now
1: we do have to talk about three down. The first one is obvious. What are they going to do about Anthony? Uh... I know it's only been one start back, but the hope was if you're going to be healthy, all right, come out and show us what you're really worth, especially with Junis now injured. Desclafani's going to have to pitch. They do not have another option. He's got to be a part of this rotation. When you're given a four run lead early to cough it up that quickly. I know they ended up winning the game, but my goodness, I I, I just the, it, with with the contract that goes along with him, Disceglafani right now is threatening to be kind of the low watermark of all of the Farhan Zaidi moves. That is concerning right now.
0: I hate saying these names, but it's got a Matt Morris Samarja like feel to it right now where he goes out there and I just have zero confidence, like just zero confidence. I do think the defense let him down. A couple of balls just fell in and it was like and they weren't errors. It just, you know, the ball drops in in between second and right field. And it's like, ah, like, oh, and then the next guy comes up and hits an absolute seed. And you're thinking. What's this inning like if he gets that first out, right? Like, I, I can do that all day. He's going to get two or three more starts, in my opinion. He has to. They don't have oh, anything yeah. right now. Um, and, and it would be, I think, I think it would be a team obliteration sensation, to quote your show, if they just threw him on the I.L. without giving him a couple of opportunities to redeem himself. He was good. He was good last year until the final month of the season. I've been harping on the final month, that final start in the playoffs. Like, trust me, it wasn't good. But he was good last year. Can he regain that magic? The miles per hour is down. It doesn't look like the spin rate's up. He's throwing the breaking ball even more than he had in in years past. I don't know. I think he's soul searching right now.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree with you on all those fronts. And so um, you're right. He's going to get at least a couple more starts. He has to. They, They don't have another choice. Um, especially this early in that contract. They need something out of him this year. Next one, a couple that are going to be maybe a little bit quirky, yeah. Yeah. but I wonder what you think. Tommy Listella. Um, you know, when you talk, and not that he was a great defensive player, yeah. uh, but when their defense is struggling so much up the middle of the diamond, I'd love to see him get out there a little bit more. Plus, I guess we need to just change our thoughts. Uh, The National League's never had a DH before, but in our minds, your DH is supposed to weigh 280 pounds. Thank you. That's it. You need a big bubble butt, and you need to hit the ball in the 15th row, and and the Giants are hucking, you know, 256, and I'm really good at making contact with two strikes. Yes. And I'm just going, is this – this is this is the best I mean, it hasn't been horrible sitting you know 256 but the ops is below 700 is is this the best they can do for a left-handed dh particularly when wade gets back and you can have jock wade gonzalez and yaz all in the lineup in the same game
0: this is such a great point to me i don't get this roster decision i know you gave a multi-year deal i know you liked him. I, I don't get it. Like, I just legitimately don't get it. especially if Crawford's out for, let's just say, a couple of days here. You don't have a second baseman or a shortstop backing up Crawford right now? Like, I, I don't know. This one's a head-scratcher for me. And it's not like you got a lot of options. I mean, who was the guy, Walton, that they brought up a couple of days ago? Yeah. I mean, he had some moments, but I don't think he's a long-term solution. This one's a head-scratcher for me, especially on a team that preaches so much about roster construction and how every spot matters. To me, he feels like a very flawed one-way player as a DH, and that's it. And yeah. I don't even think he's a great DH last one.
1: And you're going to, you know, I'm glad we're he also on, can't run. I'm glad we're on zoom here. That's true too. I'm glad <laughs> we're on, uh, uh, you know, the stream yard here because you'd probably throw something at me or punch me if we we're in the same room. But the last one is Tyro Estrada. And I know, I know you love him yeah, and, and I get it too. I, the, the yeah. guys, he's just a gamer. He yeah. looks like a ball player. He's one of those guys. My man, you got to catch the ball. Like, if we're going to put you up the middle of this diamond, you have got to catch the ball. I know you're trying to fill in on some nights for Brandon Crawford. We just mentioned uh, the La thing. A lot is being asked of Tyro Estrada. And, you know, he's a very young player, still just 26 years old. Um, but I think sometimes, you know, we see what he can do offensively, and and we fall in love with that. 262 average is fine. Solid. Very very good. That's what I would say. OPS is barely over 700 at 703. He ain't hitting bombs. Right. But again, we're talking about a middle infielder. You're not looking for 25 home runs out of this guy, but we just, we can't anymore. Like the errors he makes seem to be the kind where you're like, what on earth is that? Like you're going to drop some, but there are a few that are just like, I mean, a, 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 a little leaguer can make those plays. And, and so right now, I just I, – I want a little bit more out of Tyro Estrada as far as
0: the details of the game defensively. I think that's a totally fair assessment. Offensively, too, to me, in an ideal lineup – he's like my eight or nine hitter. Like that's what I like. Almost like yeah. a double leadoff. Like that's where I would put him in a step more stacked lineup. I mean, he, he's not because of necessity of where they're at right now. Defensively. I can't argue with you. Although I will say this after booting the routine play, he always seems to make the incredible a great one. I yep. mean, like going to it his does. left diving has no business making a throw. He comes through with those ones, but I will say, I'm higher on him than everyone else because I literally had zero hope for him as a player. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I have seen Eugenio Velez, 2.0, 3.0, 75 different times with the Giants. This guy, I think this guy's a keeper. I don't think he's an everyday second baseman long term. But for the time being, especially because LaSella can't move at all, I feel like he's been a little spark plug for this team. And I know, be look, Mark, I can't defend the defense. I mean, yeah, my dad, yeah. if it touches your glove, make a damn play. You I can hear like my dad in my head.
1: Okay, one more in Atlanta, and then there's a homestand. I want to see the Giants take off. The Reds, the Tigers, the White Sox, it's a losing team, another losing team, and another losing team. I know the White Sox are barely below 500, but this is a homestand starting this weekend that the Giants really, really need to, I feel like, take advantage. This is a spot where you can trim that four-and-a-half game deficit down to two-and-a-half maybe even one and a half, if you come out and clearly win all of these series, I think it goes three with the Reds, two with the Tigers, and then three, with the white Sox, So I, you know, I, 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 want six of these games. I don't think that's asking too much. No, I
0: believe me. I do too. I, they've done a really good job after the Dodgers series, sweeping the Dodgers, they've held their own against all the teams they should be holding their own against. And it does feel like whether it's been the Cardinals series, the Mets, whomever that they've played this year, that you would deem, you know, championship caliber teams, those games have felt big to me. Like, they really have. I know their record isn't great against those over 500 teams, but it feels like they're playing in tight, good ball games. but the defense and some of the situational hitting that was so awesome last year has let them down. So they got to feast on these lower-end teams. Yep, here they come. They're coming home.
1: Great stuff. For Joe Shasky, Mark Willard, it's been the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. Do not miss an episode. We come at you two times a week.